Good morning. Last week we started a new series where we're looking at Jesus through the eyes of the disciple who was the closest to him here on earth, the Apostle John. He's the one that, he was one of the inner three of the 12 apostles. He was the one that would, uh, when they were eating, he would recline against Jesus, um, you know, be right there next to him, uh, <clears throat> next to Jesus as they ate. He was the one to whom Jesus uh, entrusted the care of his mother, Mary, uh, when he uh, uh, was on the cross. So he was the closest one, and we're looking at Jesus through his eyes, things that, that he saw, that he tells about him. And last week, we saw that right off the bat, John made two things very clear in his gospel. The first thing is, he made very clear right off the bat that Jesus is 100% fully divine. He is God. 100%. The other thing is, he is 100% fully man. He's not half God, half man. He's not 50-50. He is fully God and fully man at the same time. So that's what we talked about last week. Today, we're going to look at Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, in John chapter 4, we see Jesus leaving Judea and setting out toward Galilee. And, you know, he takes the disciples on the shortest route, which leads them right through Samaria. Um, and, you know, as you may know, you, you probably know, Jews and Samaritans did not get along well at all. There was a lot of animosity between them. Um, they hated each other, to put it bluntly. Um, uh, the Jews considered them, because of the, the exile and mixing with those in exile and coming back, the Jews considered them not pure-blood Jews. So, you know, usually Jews would take the long way around Samaria in order to avoid contact with Samaritans and risk being defiled by them. But not Jesus. See, Jesus didn't look at the things that, that, that men looked at. Jesus didn't hold the prejudices that others did. And he intentionally took his disciples through Samaria. Now, the thing I want us to see is it wasn't just because it was the shortest route. It was because he knew the Father had a purpose for him there. See, in John 5, 19, we see that Jesus never acted on his own. He said he didn't, you know, uh, Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing. And if the Father was going to say, go through Samaria, then that's what he was going to do. So, so well, you know, a a after walking all morning, they're, they're on this journey, they're going through there, and after walking all morning, Jesus and his disciples got hungry and got tired. It was about lunchtime, so... The disciples went into town to get something to eat, and Jesus stayed back and hung out at a well that was there. And that's where he meets a Samaritan woman. And that's where we're going to pick up our story. I want to read, starting in John chapter 4, verse 7. And I'm reading today from the NLT. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refuse 
to have anything to do with Samaritans. By the way, just kind of a side note, if you want to do an interesting study sometime, go through the New Testament and circle every time you see the word refuse or refused. Um, Interesting. Anyway, the Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, And who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? Besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come back here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped? And Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. There is so much in this passage we just read, but this is what I want to focus on right now. I am the Messiah. Throughout the Old Testament, all the way up to the time of Jesus, the Jews waited in anticipation for the Messiah who was first prophesied way back, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Throughout the Old Testament, there's numerous prophecies about the coming of a Messiah, a Savior who would redeem fallen mankind. All throughout Israel's history, they were waiting for the arrival of this person. They knew he would be born in Bethlehem. They knew he would be a descendant of David. There were numerous prophecies about a Messiah who was to come. And particularly at the time of that when Jesus was born and lived on this earth, there was an anticipation in the air of the coming of the Messiah. There was an expectation. Now, all four gospel writers make it clear 
that Jesus is the Messiah. You know, you're looking at Luke's gospel when, you know, Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord after he was born. It says that there was a righteous and devout man named Simeon who had been waiting for the birth of the Messiah because God had promised him, given him a promise that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. And as soon as he saw Jesus, he knew that God had fulfilled that promise to him because the Holy Spirit showed him that this is who this was. There was also a prophetess named Anna who was recognized, who, who recognized that this baby who Mary and Joseph had brought into the temple was indeed the long-awaited Messiah. All the gospel writers make it clear that that's who Jesus is. But there's something interesting about the story we read today, and let's look at it again. See, Jesus entering into a conversation with this woman at the well, and in the course of the conversation, she begins to realize and recognize him as a prophet. She'd never met him before, but somehow he knew all about her life, things that she wasn't particularly proud of. And then after talking further, she says this, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Here's what I want us to see. Jesus revealed himself to this woman as the Messiah. When he revealed himself that he was the Messiah, when he revealed himself as such, it was not to his disciples. It was not to the religious leaders. It was not even to the Jews at all. It was to a Samaritan woman. One who was an outcast even among her own people. I mean, that's why she was getting water you know, from the well in the middle of the day to avoid running into other people because the morning is when the women from the village would all come out to the well to get water for the day, but they all knew her. They all knew what she was like. They knew her background. They knew her reputation. They knew her history. They knew how she was living. So she wanted to avoid them and their condescending looks and smirks and everything. She waited until noon till when the other woman would be gone so she wouldn't have to see their disapproving glances or hear them talking about her. She was an outcast. She had a reputation. And yet she was the person, the very person that Jesus revealed, to whom Jesus revealed that he was indeed the Messiah. Of all the people that Jesus could have told he was the Messiah, he chose a racially mixed woman who was even looked down upon among her own people. He chose a woman who had made bad life choices. The question I wonder is, why do you think that was? Why do you think he chose her? I believe that he wanted, he chose her because he wanted to make it clear that the Messiah came for all people, not just a certain group or set of people. Remember we said Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing? Well, this Samaritan woman just didn't just happen to be the one 
that Jesus revealed himself to. No, nothing Jesus did was by accident. I believe Jesus was there because the Father sent him there at midday when that woman would be there because the Father was reaching out to her. He wanted her to know that in spite of her broken life, she mattered. If you think about the things that Jesus did and you listen to the things that he said, it's very clear that every person matters to him. Every person. We need to be careful that we never fall into the deception that certain people or certain groups of people don't matter to God. Jesus is the Messiah for all people. So now let's let's go back to back to John chapter 4 for a minute. Jesus disciples returned with lunch and they were surprised to find Jesus talking to the woman. At this point the woman left her water pot and went into the town went into town uh, to tell everyone about Jesus. And while the disciples were handing Jesus, you know, the, the bag they just brought him from the local drive-thru, um, and, you know, they start encouraging to, to eat. And I, want, and I want to pick up the conversation in verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were, were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we're gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for the harvest. We need to understand that when Jesus said this, you know, we, we, we quote that verse a lot, you know, wake up and look around, the fields are ripe to the harvest. When Jesus said that, he wasn't just speaking in abstract terms. I want you to get a picture in your mind of what was going on here. Jesus and his disciples were gathered around the well together. The woman had gone into the village, and now... As Jesus looked up, he saw the the people from the village all coming out of the village to the well. The fields surrounding them were filled with people that this woman had talked to and had told about Jesus, about meeting this man at this this well, and that he he is the Messiah. the, The fields were full of the people from the village coming through the Samaritans coming to Jesus to see for themselves. So picture that around the, 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 the fields around the well, people come streaming from town and, you know, toward him. And then listen to Jesus as he says, look up. There's the harvest. The disciples hadn't even wanted to come to Samaria. They were shocked that Jesus was even talking to a Samaritan and a woman with a reputation at that. Now they're being surrounded by a whole village of Samaritans. But that's where the harvest was. 
Listen to what Jesus said. He said, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. I think Jesus would say the same thing to us today. Church, look up. I'm bringing people to you. I'm putting people all around you. I'm surrounding you with people who are ready to hear the gospel. And as you read the rest of the story, John tells us that many of the Samaritans believed in Jesus. In fact, Jesus and the disciples stayed there for two more days, and many more believed. They were ready. Fast forward to today. We are living in a time where people's lives have been shaken. Nothing is the same anymore. There's the between the pandemic, the politics, the wildfires, the the hurricanes, the protests, the riots, the conspiracy theories, it's enough to make your head spin. People are looking for something, something to believe in. People are looking for for answers, something to make sense. And the church holds the answer. The answer is not found in a vaccine. The answer is not found in a presidential election. The answer is not found in in getting a hold of uh, a grip on climate change. The answer is not found in a Supreme Court nomination or confirmation. The answer is not found in protests or counter-protests. The answer is found in Jesus. But how will people find him if we're too busy arguing about all this other stuff? You see, the church has let itself become distracted by all the things going on in 2020, and there's a lot to be distracted by. But if you look at the New Testament, think about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul didn't preach politics or what was happening in current events at the time. He preached Christ, and he preached Christ crucified. Christians. Christians are looking, so many Christians are looking for Donald Trump or Joe Biden to save this country. But neither one can do that. Donald Trump is not the Messiah. Joe Biden is not the Messiah. Neither one is the Messiah, and neither one is the devil. They're just people. But we've let arguments over them become distractions. We've let arguments over the pandemic become distractions. We've been let arguments over so many things distract us from what we are to be about. You see, here's the thing. There is one Messiah, and his name is Jesus. And he has come for all people. Not just those who look like you and me, not just those who vote like you and me. The fields are ripe for the harvest. But we need to be sure that we don't overlook the people who God brings into our lives. But instead, we look at them. We don't look over their heads waiting for God to bring us someone to share Jesus with. God has already brought people into our lives, people that matter to Him, 
people that need to hear about him, and they are more ready to listen than we realize. The fields are ripe. People are ready. Let's turn our focus from the distractions to the answer. Jesus is the Messiah, and he has come for all people. Lord, open our eyes that we can see the fields around us and the people that you have brought to us and that you have brought into our lives. Let us not see them as Republicans or Democrats or, 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 or this or that. Let us see them as people that you have brought to us because we have something they're looking for. We have Jesus. Open our eyes, open our hearts, and open our mouths. In Jesus' name, amen. And now for the blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now, I mentioned last week, as we plan on spending a number of weeks in the Gospel of John, I'd like to encourage you to check out the study of John's Gospel in Right Now Media by Dr. Tony Evans. If you do not have an account with Right Now Media, it's very easy, and it's a very good way to supplement. Uh, this, this study by Tony Evans is a very good way to supplement our time in John's Gospel. If you're not already signed up, all you got to do is text Right now, Vineyard IN to 41411. I'll say it again because last week I really butchered it. Text right now and then leave a space and then Vineyard IN to 41411. It'll walk you through how to set up a. That's right, right? Yes. There, it'll, it'll walk you through how to set up an account. <laughs> Let's close and worship.